0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the Corner Booth? We'll look no further. Yeats Official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. All of us here at the Corner Booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com. Promo code CORNERBOOTH for 10% off and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas, always fly as hell. Enjoy it. Yeats official, official sponsor of the Corner Booth Podcast. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Corner Booth Podcast, episode 211. I am, of course, your host, Jerry. Savannah is coming back on vacation. Jeffrey has the day off, and Matt, our newest guy, is still getting his work schedule in. So, I'm running solo, except I have a special guest today. Belly Sports draft expert, one of my good friends, and new parent. Congratulations to my man, my man, Uke. Back once again to talk all things nfl draft with me um and i promise folks this episode probably won't go two hours because as much as i think i'll go on tangents i'm alert enough right now where i can keep us on track but you man welcome back brother how you feeling
0: thank you man i'm good you know like like you said being a new father is definitely exciting uh i just had a little baby girl so uh get to be the hashtag girl dad so uh it's good times good times
1: it's fun now but when you know just ask my old man who's you know my my little sister's out which turns 25 in about a mo- uh, month ask my old man how that's going to go. It's okay. You have you have a long time to deal with that stuff. Of course, by the yeah. way, that's where the shades on. This amazing show is brought to you by our great friends at YeatsOfficial.com. Promo code corner booth for 10% off. These shades are perfect for the summer months coming up as well. I my mean, I was like 70 degrees over here in Connecticut today. It feels great. After like I woke up this morning, it was 49 degrees and raining sideways, and I literally went to go get my watches fixed while I was like getting ready for this show. <laughs> and literally, it's sunny. I have the sunroof open. Everything feels great. And I'm just like, oh my god, it's like amazing the weather today. But either way, these shades are basically indestructible. They're Jared proof. Let's just put it that way. They, the, you can't beat this polarized, awesome stuff. A thousand different types of styles. And they're our best sponsor. So we appreciate them so much. Corner booth for 10% off. All righty. You it's been honestly a very slow week. And I was driving, yeah, I guess I was driving home before. And I said, knowing my luck, we are going to get a huge headline within I don't know 10 15 minutes of the show starting. I mean, we sort of got a headline, but it's a developing story, so I don't want to touch it yet, but All say is the House Oversight Committee. Yes, that's the big boys on Capitol Hill. uh, They're accusing Washington of potentially unlawful financial conduct. That's so. Say what you want about the United States government, right? But I'm kind of scared if they think this is sketchy, that's some serious shit. And Washington itself is just the sketchiest sports organization in, in ever, especially with Dan Snyder. I don't even know how, I, like, there was somebody there on Mac a few weeks back. was the only reason that, um, that, uh, what's his face still is it, Snyder, still is his team is because he's Goodell's boy, which the fact that that's even a rumor is just horrifying. But, you know, either way, um, some sad news over the weekend, obviously, Dwayne Haskins, former Ohio State quarterback and, uh, former Washington football team. Uh well, now Washington Commanders quarterback and now current Pittsburgh current Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback was uh struck by a dump truck on the highway in Miami, uh down in Florida this weekend. Uh it sucks and especially because he dude turned 25 like a couple weeks ago. Um, or was turning 25 way too young and just a tragic backstory. I'm not gonna go into the whole Adam Scheffner and that other loser from Pittsburgh nah. Radio who were talking smack. Like, I hate those guys. They're the worst. The fact that basically Adam Sheff what Adam Sheffner tweeted was totally like, just classless. You want to see what is tweeted out our good friend of the show my co host Savannah Dean, she screenshot it and posted it on her Twitter. A lot of people did, a lot of people ripped him apart for it. And you know what? Say what you want about Shafty. I'm not his biggest fan at all. Everyone knows that who listens to this show. Um you know, it's just for me, it, it sucks. It 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 sucks for the Haskins family. It sucks for the Pittsburgh organization. The video of Chase Claypool crying his eyes out on TikTok was just heartbreaking. And, you know, the, unfortunately, Haskins, you know, I'm not going to rip the kid because he just passed away. Yeah, he had his issues on and off the field, but he still was almost, almost a very talented kid. And he honestly was probably getting his life turned around. He may have had some slip ups here and there, but like then again, we're all human, right? So it's it sucks. And thoughts and prayers to the Haskins family and uh, to the Steelers, his teammates, and anybody associated with him. Um, yeah, but yeah, sure. I
0: just want to want to touch on that for a second. It's yeah. obviously you know prayers out to the family. It's really it's terrible when when someone dies that young. But I just I think that that obviously not to get like too I guess I guess you would call it political, but. I feel like the fact of what Adam Schefter said, it kind of took away, like it, it overshadowed what Gil Brandt said. I don't know if anyone heard that. What what Adam Schefter says is a little classless, but Gil Brandt was just like next level. How does that those words even come out of your mouth? I don't know if you heard what he said, but he was basically saying the guy, he opened with it and it wasn't even like, like it was taken out of context, but he said the words he was living to die as in like, he wasn't taking things seriously. And he was slacking off, and he was making people upset, and he then turned that into saying the sentence, "He was living to die." I was just something like, I, you know, I'm definitely not a part of like whole cancel culture or anything, but I just, I could not believe hearing those words come out of a person's mouth about someone who who was killed at a young age. I just, I was shocked.
1: I I heard it. So I was leaving my sister's, sister, sister, my brother in law's house yesterday. I, I went and had dinner with them, and I was listening to McAfee's uh, Monday show on the way back. And they were talking about this, and they said basically, like, the whole cancer culture thing sucks, but it's like, why are you even hitting this guy up for a comment on this? Because you know something like this is going to come out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every time I've heard of Gil, Brandt, Gil Brandt talk about anything, it's always something fucking offensive. And you guys know me. I do not have a PC bone in my body. I basically <laughs> run by the motto, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Sticks and stones might break my bones. But that shit's not offensive. Shut up. I appreciate like that, it. I appreciate it. But like, you know, there are some lines you don't cross. Obviously, you know, you don't say anything fucking racist. You don't say anything that's like extremely, you don't say anything that's like really offensively homophobic. but you don't say anything that's extremely sad. Like, you know, if, if I've heard, you know, like I, I live with, like my family, they make jokes about men, women, whatever it's all the time. It's like, I hear my sister make like women, like, like sexist jokes about men and women all the time. It's hysterical. But it's like, you know, something you don't say in public. Same thing with like, it's like, it's it's never in bad taste. With Gil Bryant, I've never, ever heard him in the news. I don't really know who he is because I've heard of him before because of him saying offensive shit. So, yes, Dwayne Haskins did make mistakes in his life, but it just takes one season to turn that around. Look at Michael Vick. Dude with a fucking prison. Had a great four-year run in Philadelphia and is now... I wouldn't say America's sweetheart, but he's definitely one of the more liked Fox football commentators right now. Like when you see oh, Michael Vick sure. on the street, right. he's like one of the more well, like well liked NFL guys. His reputation's healed a little bit. So
0: yeah, you know people make mistakes. Not so crazy. Yeah, exactly.
1: I think that's the whole the whole point here, and that's why I think the whole Gil Brandt is fucking stupid because it it just it annoys me because I'm sitting there like reading this and I'm like, dude, he just gives all journalists a bad name. It's like it's that it's the same thing with the old school guys who just can't, can't have anything good to say about anybody at this point. So, unfortunately, that's kind of what we're stuck with at this point. But besides that, I mean, news broke yesterday that, like, apparently the Honey Badger and the Philadelphia Eagles could very possibly happen this week. I am not buying it until the contract is signed, okay? As much as I would love for the Honey Badger to be an Eagles green, I am still not buying it until it happens because, you know, we're literally – everybody apparently is going to philadelphia if you ask eagles media but when ian Rappaport says something that's possible then i start sniffing around a little bit yeah like, philadelphia
0: is stealing tyron matthew off of the free agent market right now this late in the process i feel like that would be just uh, like a steal that would be crazy he would be so impactful for their defense he would slide in perfectly in their safety spot like that would just be that would be such a great fit they would probably be the the nfc east the favorites favorites
1: for sure my biggest thing with this is you are the Eagles have Anthony Harris, who honestly played very well last year in this free safety role. They have Marcus Epps, who honestly, in a starting role, might be a great player in Philadelphia. We just don't know. He's very unproven. Getting Matthew, even just to kind of play that striker position that we had with Malcolm Jenkins on our Super Bowl run teams, and having Marcus Epps and Anthony Harris play deep, I'm okay with it. I really am. So, because in all honesty, the Eagles basically only have one or two linebackers in the field at all times. Most of the time it's four down linemen and a bunch of individual different players, but I am totally for honey badger. Cause I feel like Jonathan Gannon would just look at him, him and Hassan Riddick. Like, Oh my God, look at all these multiple moving pieces I can move around. So. Oh, that would be, make me yeah, happy. Not,
0: defense around These hybrid guys for sure.
1: Oh my God. I love hybrid. Listen, even when I, when we did my Madden franchise back when I me and my friends did it over the pandemic, I ran a hybrid style defense. Every guy could play three different positions. Oh, so because, Dude, so are you kidding me? It messes with people. They don't know how to scheme for it. So I, I just love it from like the strategic point of it. But um, all right, without further ado, we're going to do our mock draft. The rules are simple, boys and girls. Me and you each get about two sentences, two and a half sentences to describe our pick. Once we make them, each of us make our pick. We You will lead off with one. I'll go one, two, three, four, blah, 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 blah. We'll keep all the way down to 32. And after the first round is over, who scores the best? I, I think I'm like, we may have to do some little competition based off who scores better. I mean, then again, I've always never shot better than 60% in the NFL draft last year. I shot maybe 58 last year. I think my best year was 16. I shot 65%. But like, Wait, it, what do you mean just, shot sixty
0: five? Like you you built a mock draft and sixty five percent of it was correct after the fact.
1: The first round, yeah.
0: That is wild.
1: Yeah, I know it was that's my junior a lot. That's year that's in high, high school. Man. That's as high, right? But like, usually I shoot around fifty percent, fifty five. That's usually the range I hit bit, hit with because teams are predictable. But so my sister was over last night and she was you know doing laundry because I have a laundry sheet in my house and she doesn't have hers, so she's like doing laundry and she's like, "Why are you freaking out?" I was doing a mock draft. I'm like, because. Mock drafts would be a lot easier if teams weren't run like freaking crazy. She goes, what do you mean? I'm like, I know you're not a big football fan, but like if every team drafted sanely, like a lot of these, like, you know, the Jets are taking sauce gardener for everybody knows it. They basically plastered on the walls, but then you have the Washington Seattle's, you have the Detroit's of the world who are going to throw a monkey wrench into this. And you know, you, when you're doing a mock, you want to be right all the time. So for me, my biggest thing is that, I want people to get an accurate view from us because you know, you're you are the closest thing Belly Up's ever had to a draft expert. I like to think of myself as a draft analyst, but like you know, I'm not accurate all the time. Half these mock—they call them mock draft for a reason. So, but it's it's an ego thing that I want to get stuff wrong. So, without further ado, Mister U, you are on the clock at number one. The Jacksonville Jaguars select.
0: Got to be Aiden Hutchinson. That's I feel like it's it's that's a shoe. And I mean, there's recently especially, there's a lot of buzz about Trayvon Walker. But Trayvon Walker cannot turn around their defense the way Aiden Hutchinson can turn around their defense. You know, everyone's talking about Trayvon Walker's athleticism. But let's not forget, Aiden Hutchinson ran over the 90th percentile in like almost all of his combine drills. This guy is also a freak athlete, and he was way more productive, and he's way more uh, just fundamental to a defense, uh, just a culture changer. I, I feel like it's got to be Aiden Hutchinson here.
1: I am not, I, I am buying the everyone, everyone unfortunately there's no good lineman for Jacksonville take. I think a lineman for Jacksonville will make so much sense, but Evan Neal or or Equiamo going that high just to me makes no sense.
0: Yeah. Especially so, after they they franchise tag Kim Robinson. Then they kind of like, like played I, their I, chips there that they're not uh, drafting a left tackle. I'm with, like, from, I'm
1: like it. looking at I'm like, I'm like, Doug, what are you up to down there? Like I'm like trying to understand in my head. For my for our I am also taking Aiden Hutchinson as well. We've been t- being told the entire offseason that he's the number one pick in this draft. Um he's the best player just, in this draft, know, too. It, as much as like I've heard rumblings about Kay, Trayvon, uh Kay, Trayvon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau, it's one of the three. It, the, a defensive end is going first overall. Put your money on it now. It's gonna happen. Like, like one of those three is gonna go. There's no no like. Jacksonville's not going to trade out, and Malik Willis ain't going number one, even though if that happened, they would be hysterical. Um, I actually don't Malik Willis going any higher than not a tw- a 13 or 14. Like, I have a team trading up to get him. But, um, yeah, no, I have Aiden Hutchins as well. Best overall pick in the draft. He's the, he's the most game-ready edge rusher. Where it's like with Walker, Walker might be next Miles Garrett, but he's going to be really – Trayvon Walker's pro comp to me is Josh Sweat where he's going to need a year or two to get himself together. But once he gets himself together, ho- hopefully no injuries, is going to be a force. I watched Joshua shove two Jets linemen into each other and get a sack. And I said, okay, oh, yep, okay, this guy was worth the fourth-round big we spent on him. But, yeah, so I have in Hutchinson as well. I guess I have the number two pick. With the, with the second pick in the NFL draft, I have the Detroit Lions taking Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, hear me out. I know they want a quarterback. Jared Goff is going to be there next year. They're not getting rid of him. Here's why they take Thibodeau. The upside for Thibodeau is just as high as Walker's. He's more game ready. And Dan Campbell is ready to take on a personality like that. He's a big enough name where it'll shut Lions management up too. And honestly, with Thibodeau, he doesn't even have to be an all like league defensive end. He just has to be a, a maybe a Pro Bowl or He has to basically be what Clowney's turned into, where he's got a couple big plays, plays well occasionally, and is a good rotation guy. And the Lions will get what get their money's worth out of him. So I have the Lions taking on that personality. The one thing about Thibodeau I, I worry about is the fact that he rarely, rarely relies on pass rush moves. And in the NFL, that won't fly. So hopefully Mr. Byte kneecaps himself will hopefully turn that around for him. Who do you
0: got for the lines taking it to? So I'm going in a similar direction. You went edge. I'm also going to go edge. I'm going to go Trayvon Walker. Now, I don't think that this is a great pick, but I do think that this is what's going to happen. You know, I definitely think Hutchinson is going to go one, but I don't think Trayvon Walker is going to fall past two. I think it's early for him because he he's just – he didn't have the production in college, and he's going to be transferring from a five-tech to a pure edge rusher uh, moving to the NFL. So he's not only is he, you know, a, a projection production-wise, but also he's a projection in terms of his position switch. But at the end of the day, there's very few people who have the raw athleticism that Trayvon Walker has. And at the end of the day, there are a lot of reasons why that you can you know excuse away why he wasn't as productive. And I just feel like his ceiling is higher than a Kayvon Thibodeau, and especially a team like the Lions who aren't in a win now mode and aren't even a piece away from making the playoffs there's someone who could afford to take a year and try to develop a Trayvon Walker and hope that he can turn in to maybe the best edge rusher in this class, you know, to come out of this class.
1: Oh, yeah, I no, like I totally agree. With I, I do think only because the NFC North is so weak now, like the Vikings got worse. The Bears stayed bad. The Packers got Packers worse. got worse, yeah. Yeah, so the Lions the only team that improved, and honestly, they only lost about four or five games by more than a touchdown. It's in I also looked at the record. They easily could win to go 10 and 7 next year because how easy their fourth place schedule is. So yeah, don't I be surprised if all motor city Dan Campbell, if he gets the quarterback who I think they're taking at 32, they do okay. I think because I think that if they take the guy who I think, and you're high on this guy, by the way, you were Gushing about this guy during our draft when we did our positional round. Our, our uh, now our I know who it is. Mission. I won't spoil it, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know who exactly I'm talking about because I love this kid too. Because all he does is win. But that's that's the key word here. If you've listened to this show, but I at 32, I have this man going to Detroit and it's gonna make it fun. At three, it's not hard. We know what the Texans are doing. They're taking Evan Neal, he's the best offensive lineman on the board. They're not taking a safety. Stop it. Okay. They they can go get a, there's four good safeties that you could spend a second or third round pick on later in the draft. Evan Neal is going to be ready to play left tackle tomorrow. And honestly, they got to figure out some way to see if Davis Mills is going to be a good quarterback or not. Cause like Peter Schrager said, they are basically an expansion team. Again, they are figuring out how to start the franchise over. They have a couple decent receivers. They have a quarterback who might be good. We don't know. I like Davis Mills on tape. Honestly, I do. I really love his tape, but get him some protection. They have decent running back core too. It's a bunch of misfit toys, but still it can move the ball. They, they won four games last year with a duct tape level offense. Get some blocking. We'll see what they can do. I think Evan Neal's the perfect fit here.
0: That's interesting. Evan Neal's not a bad pick, but I'm actually going to go with Iki Kwanu. So it's close.
1: Okay, so you and me are split on the uh, on the tackles. I forgot about this.
0: Yeah, so I I, I think that Quan showed enough of his just insane potential at the combine, at the you know at the in his tape and things like that. Obviously, he has some room to improve as a pass protector, but I think that the key here is I was listening to this uh, a PFF podcast called Stock Exchange, where they were doing this guest mock draft, where they bring on you know all these uh, guests, these guys who are you know insiders. On in NFL teams, and they come and they make the picks, and they go pick by pick with these like NFL insiders. So the guy that they brought on for the Texas pick was John McClain, who's been in the industry for over forty years. And the one thing that he kept saying, and that he didn't actually make the pick of Ikea quan but the one thing he kept saying is that the Texans need to improve on their run, on their you know run blocking, and and on their yeah. rushing offense. And that was a big thing. And I think that Ike Aquano is easily easily the best run blocker in this draft. So I feel like that would be a big a big thing for them. They want to go for the, you know, this guy who's a bully, someone who can just turn around their offensive line, just be nasty for them. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. a quantum. I
1: I think the thing is either way they're going to, it's just how smart is the Texans front office. That's really what this pick comes down to.
0: I it, it could be defense. You know, that's it's, I wouldn't rule out defense, but just because they have so many needs on their team. And I feel like there are at least four defenders who are better than all of the tackles in this class. So yeah, it's, at pick three, I wouldn't be surprised if they go defense. It's just personally the way I see it, they, I feel like they go with Kwan.
1: Fair enough. All righty, number four. If you don't have this as their pick, also if they don't take this as their pick, they're idiots. The Jets gang, possibly in my opinion, the best and the best like overall player in this draft. I think Sauce Gardner is going to be a pro- multi-time Pro Bowler. I just there's nothing wrong with this kid. Everything. What do we say during our draft show? In when you go through the check boxes, he checks off everyone, but he's good at eight or nine of those checks. It's not like he's just a jack of all trades; he's actually good at things. That's Sauce Gardener, and also his name's Ahmad. Yes, but his nickname is Sauce. Can we just call him by Sauce? It's like yeah, it says Ahmad Gardener here on the website I'm using. It's like no, it's Sauce Gardener. He's the most badass. I think he should in legally football. change his name to, to Sauce. Yeah, he should. It I've literally <laughs> should change his name name to Ahmad. Dat uh, Ahmad. Dash sauce gardener or sauce of mod gardener or whatever it's like my boy D Strange Gordon over in Washington. Literally this is the <laughs> longest name in, in baseball right now. Who you got the just taking a four? Am I am I uh, barking up the right tree? So I'll actually tell you, I,
0: I love the pick with sauce. I, that's not what I have, but I'll explain I'll explain why. I, I've actually been following a lot of mock drafts recently, and I have not seen a lot of sauce going to the top four. And I agree with you. To me, he's a top two player in this draft. I have Hutchinson and then Sauce on my big board. The thing is with with sauce, I just, the, for some reason, and I, I personally can't explain it, but there isn't that much hype about him. I, I hardly see him in mock drafts going as early as four. Um, and I think that the Jets, especially, I think one of the reasons for that is that as good as he is, the depth at corner is huge. The Jets could even go for corner in the early second round and get someone who's a quality starter for them, where, if they go in a position like offensive tackle somewhere else where positions like that in the second round, they won't be able to find someone who's a quality starter. So I just feel like the the value uh, addition of sauce over whoever they get in the second round is not as big, especially if they wait till 10, they might even be able to get a guy like Derek Stingley, you know? So, so I feel like they wouldn't jump the gun on sauce at four. So I have them picking Evan Neal. I feel like they, they, you know, are just trying to build around Zach Wilson as much as possible. And Evan Neal is probably the most versatile of the big three offensive linemen. And they have pieces that can move around there. They got Elijah Vera Tucker, who keeps getting injured sometimes. Makai Beckton who keeps getting injured. um, George Fan, who they really like at right tackle, but he could slide into left tackle. And having a guy who's versatile like Evan Neal, they would be able to move him around and kind of decide what they feel like is their best offensive line formation to really build around Zach Wilson. So I feel like Evan Neal is a great pick here.
1: So the only reason I, I – because I want them to take tackle. I think if they take a tackle there, one, it screws over the New York Giants, which makes me happy automatically. Two – um. If if it wasn't for what Peter Schrager said, because he's one of the guys when they they talk draft, I listen because he's got ears everywhere. Yeah, he's very tight with with um with Bob Sala and the and Joe Douglas. And when he says the talk around the building is Sauce Gardner, I listen. Also, listen those Jets teams that made it to the playoffs with the defensive minded coach. They had Rebus. Revis, yeah. And Sauce Gardner, I'm not saying he's going to be Revis, but this kid's got Revis-esque potential. So I love Sauce for sure. Oh, I I watched his tape the other day just for fun again. I was like, Jesus Christ, this kid. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing this kid can't do. So I still I will defend my Sauce pick. But Evan Neal is is what I would rather them do. What I think is going to happen is um is Sauce Gardner. Who do you got? The speaking of which, uh, speaking of New York dumpster fires, who do you have the Giants taking a five?
0: So here's the thing, I feel like this might be a little bit of a reach. But from what I hear, they're in love with Charles Cross. So I'm gonna have them take Charles Cross here. I feel like they could go other directions, but Charles Cross for, for a bunch of, of you know big time analysts, he's their offensive tackle one. You know, he's ahead of Neil, ahead of it, Kwanu. And from what I hear, they really, really love a guy like Charles Cross, and they desperately need to build around Daniel Jones right now. I feel like there's they could go KT, I still have KT on the board. Um, they could go a guy like Sauce, I still have Sauce on the board. Um, those would both be great fits. I'd be happy with that. I just feel like if they go anywhere other than offensive line, their entire fan base is gonna lose their minds. So I, I just feel like in a, from an organizational perspective and just from a perspective of maybe trying to see what Daniel Jones has,
1: I feel like it has to be Charles Cross here. See, my thing is I agree with you. I think so I'm gonna go with Charles Cross as well. Only because I think the Giants are gonna panic. They they if because well, I mean, you know, so I still have Icky on the board, so I'm gonna have them take Icky. But I see in yours that's who I'm to have them taking at five. Um I have them taking Icky. But um I totally agree. With all three off with both offensive tackles off the point, because they thought Icky was gonna be there at five, they're gonna panic and reach on cross, which is gonna cost them the better edge rusher. A la yeah, okay. they might have to sell off Jermaine Johnson or even Kostopsis if somehow Johnson's not there at ten, which is very possible.
0: 10, they have 7.
1: Um, that's right, yeah, 7. Sorry, brain, brain fart. They oh, probably yeah. get them both. Yeah, no, they might get either or. But yeah, no, they can they go both edge rushers. But um, you just uh, – so at 6, you know what? It, it, what sucks this about this – this is so funny, right? This is the Panthers, and – Generally, when we go into these drafts, and this is the fifth draft I've covered, and the th- fourth I've covered from belly up, and the fifth I've covered intensely. The biggest thing for me is when I cover these drafts, every single time there is one team that projects the quarterback they're going to take, and they take it. Mid-round first does not matter. They're going to take him. And the Panthers, every story you've heard is they want Kenny Pickett. Even if he's not even the best quarterback on the board, they're going to take him at six because he's the most game ready. And they know they can't send Sam Darnold out there. They know they can't send the ghost of Cam Newton. Women can't cook Newton. Who said that? (laughs) Um, I had to say it once. That's what he said in a podcast, folks. It was not me who said that. Um, He said something else. I'm making fun of him, obviously. Um, And they can't send PJ Walker because it's at the XFL. So, my biggest no, thing is stud
0: in XFL.
1: Oh my god he was disgusting He was like he was running away with the MVP Um yeah Kenny Pickett I am not the biggest Kenny Pickett fan You guys all know this You knows this Do I am I going to love watching the chaos ensue That ha- follows when Kenny Pickett can't cu- Is Nathan Peterman 2.0 Yes but here Here's my thing about Kenny Heisman is my boy Sawyer who's a pick I used to call him Um He's gonna be okay, and they have. He is DJ Moore, who I don't care. Uh, Braylon Addison's a great receiver, man, but he ain't no DJ Moore. DJ Moore's the whole new level, and they have for now Christian McCaffrey, which I didn't think was still possible, but they do. For now, will draft day, we'll see. But right now, I think pick it to uh, the Panthers just makes way too much sense with what we've been hearing. It's like the hole where there's smoke, there's fire.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So interestingly, I actually have Pickett also here. So this is probably other than Aiden Hodges and the first pick we agree on. Now, I'm with you on this. It's, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think that even something that that some people might be missing as to the reasoning here is that Matt Rule and Kenny Pickett have ties back to the Temple days, where Matt Rule was in Temple and Kenny Pickett had originally committed to Temple because he wanted to come and play for Matt Rule. And then eventually he got flipped to Pittsburgh. But they have some ties. They have, you know, they, they go back a little bit. And I feel like especially with the coach, you know, trying to get the quarterback, there's the familiarity is going to play in a lot here. So that's first of all. And I feel like the second reason is just that especially Matt Rule and I think even Scott Fitterer, the the general manager, they're looking to keep their jobs. And the best way to keep their jobs is to take the quarterback who they believe is the most pro ready. And according to most analysts, that's Kenny Pickett. Now, obviously, I disagree. I'm with you in this camp where Kenny Pickett is my QB six. You know, he's behind even Carson Strong. So I'm very, very low on Kenny Pickett. But um, but I just feel like you know with all the buzz around you know Kenny Pickett still being maybe the QB one or the QB two and the ties that go back I feel like the Kenny they're they're going to pick Kenny Pickett I don't like it but they're going to pick Kenny Pickett here.
1: Okay, so I perfectly we're on the same page here seven with New York the second pick this gets weird to me their two top needs are edge rusher and safety and you still have Trayvon Walker and Kyle Hamilton so I basically just did a mental coin flip in my head. I'd rather them take Hamilton, because I have a weird feeling that he's either going to be a Hall of Fame level safety or be a complete bust. And they just lost Jabril um, Peppers, mm-hmm. so and my my, me- my mental my mental thing is like, do they take a safety this early? It's like, no, they're going to go and they're going to take Trayvon Walker at five, who's like the fifth best prospect, at least according to this website and myself. They're going to take Trayvon Walker at seven. They they need they know they there were two Super Bowls when they won. They had O C J Tuck. Strahan, JPP, they won Super Bowls when they were able to get after the quarterback and they think they can do a year away with Trevon Walker. Do I think that's going to happen? It's the New York Giants, so probably not, but that would be the smart pick.
0: Yeah, very interesting. So I feel like with my pick, and this might shock you a little bit, I'm going to pull trade here. And this is where I feel like the, the Saints package both of their two picks and trade up. And maybe you have some later picks involved, but for, for now we'll just... For the first round, I'm going to say that the, the Saints package pick 16 and 19 and trade up with the Giants to get pick seven. And now the reason why I think they do that, there has been some buzz that the Saints are you know just loading up on extra first round picks to take an offensive tackle and a wide receiver because they feel like with those two picks, with those two positions, they can make a run at the Super Bowl. But I, I just I can't imagine trading away your future first round pick, first round pick next year. You never know what this year is going to hold just to get an extra first round wide receiver like that just doesn't seem likely so i feel like they're going up for a quarterback and the reason why i think it's this quarterback is i feel like the timing is a little bit telling so i'm going to have them taking here the saints trade out to take desmond ritter and i'll explain why so the timing is very interesting they made this trade about a week after all of a sudden people were blasting mock drafts of falcons are going desmond ritter falcons are going desmond ritter now up until now there was a everyone was mocking desmond ritter to the saints, you know, all the way down at their pick. I think it was pick, uh, 19, maybe. Um, no, sorry, pick 18. So they, all of a sudden they hear all these mock drafts of the Falcons, their division rivals taking the quarterback that they want and they panic and they're like, we got to go and we got to get this guy. Now they're not going to jump ahead of the Falcons right now, pre-draft. That doesn't make any sense. Cause if they do that, then the Falcon, what's to stop the Falcons from just, you know, during the draft, jumping up, that you know themselves, so I feel like this move here is to load up on first round picks, and then they wait. And if seven comes around, and uh, Desmond Ritter hasn't been selected yet, they package their two picks, their two first round picks, jump up and get Desmond Ritter and get their guy. And then if for some crazy reason Desmond Ritter goes earlier, which I don't, I think we all know that that's not going to happen, then they still have two first round picks and have what to do with it. So I feel like that's just because of the timing with the Atlanta Falcons taking Desmond Ritter mock drafts, and that was the
1: exact timing of their trade. I think
0: they go Desmond Ritter.
1: So. I agree with you in the sense that I think that could, that's a possibility, but I think – well, I, I don't think it's Desmarino. I think if they're going to trade they're going to be Willis. Uh,
0: one thing I forgot here, actually, is that they, they signed Marcus Mariota who a lot of people say Desmond Ritter is a Marcus Mariota clone, which is interesting. They have very similar play styles. So I feel yeah. like they're thinking maybe after Desmond Ritter, he sits a little bit, maybe the first year, have Marcus yeah. Mariota run the offense and kind of teach Desmond Ritter how you place it. I mean, although Marcus Mariota wasn't a super successful quarterback, but teach him the ropes a little bit, given that they're similar play style. And then maybe there's a chance that, that he could develop Desmond Ritter into a good quarterback.
1: So as Sev, give the Saints take trade enough to take Desmond Ritter to get her on the Falcons. Okay. Um, I have him staying at eight. I have the Falcons saying, screw it. Let's see what we get at Mariotta. We're no, we're not getting our franchise guy this year. I think they're going to take, they're going to eat the salary cap this year. They're going to eat all the crap they got to take care of. And they are going to take an edge rusher at eight. They're going to take Jermaine Johnson out of Florida state. They have not had an edge rusher since the dawn of time. Like, I think the ghost of Vic Beasley is the closest thing I've had to an edge draft since John Abraham left. I'm not even sure.
0: But... I McKinley too.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Like, the, his most memorable moment to me is him with the picture of his mom or his aunt or grandma at the draft, which was awesome. But it's like, he's just... Eh. But... I just... You know, with Jermaine Johnson, it just makes so much sense with, with the Falcons. And it's going to... I think that's the only reason the Saints are going to move up because they're going to know they're going to have almost till pick 12 to trade up now.
0: Yeah, that's big. I just want to point out, you know, you have four edge rushers going in the top eight picks. Listen, that is wild. there's
1: the three most valuable positions in football, blocking for the quarterback, the quarterback, and hitting the quarterback.
0: Yeah. Look, I get it for sure, but uh, that's very interesting. That's I would be a bad pick taking Jermaine Johnson. They definitely need an edge rusher.
1: Oh, it's totally a reach too because I honestly, I have, I have, he should be going like around 14, 15, 16, 17, that range talent wise. But for need, it's this is a knee draft. There's no bona fide talent guy except for maybe Hutchinson. And even then, this isn't like a star studded draft. So, like, this is a a, on knee draft. So, I think there's going to be a lot less trades unless a guy, a surprise guy, is taken. Whereas, like, last year we saw the Giants trade back because. Their guy was Devonte Smith, and Philly and Dallas just gave gave New York the old double middle finger. Made the trade. They're like, "Oh, we don't have our guy now. Let's trade back to twenty something to go get Kadarius Tony." Bust. Um, and see what happens from there. I will talk about that later as well. I got yelled up by my co host because he's a big Giants fan, not the biggest Kadarius Tony supporter. Anyway, so at eight. Who do you have the Atlanta Falcons panicking and taking now in your scenario?
0: So, I'm with you on this 100%. I actually feel like when it comes to to needs, the Falcons have needs everywhere. So, they'll just take the best player available. Luckily for me, that actually fits very well with this need at, at edge rusher. Kay Thibodeau is still on the board for me at eight. So, they are rushing in the card to, to select Kay Thibodeau. If he falls to eight, I feel like that is a slam dunk pick for the Falcons.
1: All right. I, I think it's just, I, I, so we both have edge rusher here. I think it's just the Falcons, like they have a number one corner in AJ Tyrell. Who took Aj Terrell, Who took like a little extra time to get ready? But now he's a, he's a bonafide number one cornerback, yeah. which is good, great for them. Um, they haven't had a number one corner in my recollection since um, Daniel Hall. Yeah. That's what I was so doing. number and number nine, I originally had the Seahawks trading out, but because this guy in my scenario is falling as far as he does, they're gonna say screw it. We have a ton of picks. Let's go get Charles Cross at nine, because they they don't know what the hell they're doing at, at quarterback yet. But Charles Cross is a versatile enough, good enough tackle, and it may be a situation last year with the kid out of Northwestern. I think it's Jenkins, right?
0: Northwestern and Rashawn Slater.
1: Rashawn Slater, sorry, Rashawn Jenkins. That's the that's the safety from out of Miami. Um, Rashawn Slater, who ended up being a great pick. And arguably the best offensive lineman in the draft last year, or if not one, two, they got the, the the freaking Chargers got him at like fifteen. So I think the Seahawks are feeling like they're in that position where like maybe the most complete tackle in their opinion falls to them at nine. Now they have a, the thirtieth pick. If they really want to move up and go get like a Mac Corral, or they want to sit tight and see what they got with Drew Lock, they can do either way now. So I have the. The um, Seahawks taking a tackle. Charles Cross there, 10. I, I mean, nine. I think the Jets are a little ticked off. They couldn't get tackled there now. So they're going to panic, and that leads into my next play, uh, next uh, prediction.
0: Yeah, you had the Jets taking sauce, so they need a tackle. And they just lost out on the big three. On mm-hmm. Neal, Icky, and Cross. So that's yep. very interesting. The Jets are definitely would be unhappy about that. So for me, I have the Seahawks here. A lot of people are saying Malik Willis. I just think there's no way – that with their roster that they have, they're going to bring in an unprepared and unpolished Malik Willis, who probably needs to sit for a year just to get his NFL head on straight. There's no way to take Malik Willis here, at least in my opinion. I feel like that'd be mm-hmm. such a terrible pick. Yeah, um, I have them going not only best player on the board, but a guy that definitely is someone who fits their scheme, someone who they used to have, you know, a lot of success with that style of play in Sauce Gardner. So not only the best player still on the board, but also when they won the Super Bowl, they had the Legion Boom. They had uh, Richard Sherman. They had Byron Maxwell. They had, you know, that crazy secondary. So I feel like they they see a guy like Sauce. They can't pass that one.
1: See, my biggest thing is that I feel like a lot of teams are going to look at this draft board now. like, oh, my God. You are, we have – both of us don't have a lot of – I have Sauce going early, but right now we're already at 10, and you still have Stingley and Booth who are both, I, in my opinion, not as good as Gardner, but they're both very good corners. I'm more worried about Stingley when I look at Andrew Booth, Andrew Booth's um like Andrew Booth's tape, regardless of how you feel about him, um youke, mm, off the field, um I think Andrew <laughs> Booth honestly is a great corner, could fit a lot of systems. I like him better than the kid out of uh Washington. Really? Yeah, I do I listen, I like big corners who can run. Like I like a guy who's gonna be able to take on an AJ Brown man to man. Like I, mean, I
0: yes, but at the I'm same time, sh- wouldn't you want someone who's who's as cerebral, someone who's as smart and yeah. understands the game of football as much as a guy like Trent McDuffie?
1: Well, here's the thing is like if Philadelphia goes ahead and goes and gets Honey Badger, which even if they don't, they also have one of the smartest cornerbacks in the last twenty years in Darius Slay who's an instant turnover machine because he knows how to read quarterbacks and receivers. Darius Slay putting him under his arm. We're also ignoring the fact that the Eagles took Zach McPherson last year, who's one of the top-ranked quarterbacks, according to PFF, coming out last year. He was number four, I believe. And McPherson, when he was on the field, played solid. And Philadelphia is in their crazy mindset, may pass on a corner, and we may have Booth falling all the way to, like, 19s. It's New Orleans now. So we don't know what the hell is going to happen at 15 with Howie. But I digress. I like your pick of sauce. At 10, I think the Jets are going to try to move back. They're going to realize they can't, and they're going to reach here. And they're going to go get the first big reach of the draft. I have them taking Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa here. Wow. I think they're going to reach because they have no choice. They need a tackle. They know they're not, he's not going to get past possibly Minnesota or Baltimore. So they're going to go get him. They don't want to wait until the second round to go get a a, a tackle now. I think they, no, if they have a, yeah, no, that's the last pick in the first round. So, you know, they're going to go get Trevor Penning at 10, at 17, because they don't know when they're going to trade back to get him. They honestly might be able to trade back a couple spots to maybe a, like, let's say if New Orleans trades up because they want to go get Malik Willis, that's a totally reasonable thing. Because if, if, uh, what's the face, if he doesn't go that high, the, the Saints, I think Saints and Malik Willis is a real thing. That's but, interesting, yeah. Yeah. So, a number 11.
0: Wait, wait hold actually, up. I'm getting, getting
1: in my Sorry, sorry, sorry. I got, I got in the boat <laughs> again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now it's cool. Look, when you're doing my job, it's very exciting. But, uh, <laughs> but I'll just say with Trevor Penning, just my two cents on the guy, I feel like I saw a great tweet about him, which I feel like sums it up perfectly, is he has a NFL Hall of Fame type athleticism with lots of, you know, round seven in the draft tape. Which is very concerning because he was round. He was having this terrible tape against FCS competition mostly, you know. And his one game, I think, it was against Iowa State, against the one serious FBS competition. He wasn't that good. And on top of that, yeah, he's a great athlete. But the guy's going to be twenty three like a week after the draft. So it's not even like he's this young uh, project who you're thinking maybe he can you know come in and it'll take him a while, but he'll you know explode onto the scene in like a year with his just insane potential. He's been playing for a while. I just feel like with Trevor Penning. There has been hype, actually. I've seen a bunch of mock drafts putting him in the top ten, which is a little bit interesting. But mm-hmm. I just don't, I just don't see it with Penny. He's he's a little bit lower on my board. But at ten, I have the Jets. For me, they don't need to panic because they got Evan Neal earlier. I haven't taken Kyle Hamilton. You know, okay. they could use secondary help. You know, probably at least in my according to my board, he's the best player still left, and they need secondary help. It's it's a perfect fit here.
1: Alrighty. Um at 11, Washington's the wild card. They're going to send this draft. It's last. It's like last year with Cincinnati, where Cincinnati changed the entire draft with that Jamar Chase pick. So I have Washington saying, screw this. We're going to go get Carson some weapons. They're going to take Garrett Wilson out of um, Ohio State.
0: Really? Yeah. You still have Kyle think, Hamilton on the board.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to let Kyle Hamilton go. I think they're going to see what – I think Washington is that team that's going to get scared – of a four Very interesting. Because their like next is, also because the next pick, my next pick is going to take him. He's not going to fall past the Vikings. But I'll tell you that right now. Interesting. <laughs>
0: well, I'm I'm with you on the same page as Washington. I just think that the weapon that I think they go for is Drake London because I feel like they could go. They would be probably be looking at Garrett Wilson, but I feel like he's very similar to Terry McLaurin and the the style that they play. Very crafty, very shifty route runners. Mm-hmm. Um, very strong. Not blazing speed, but they can run. They have good forties and they can run. Uh, they're not burners, but you know they're they're definitely not slow. And yeah. great receivers, you know, very complete, secure hands. Um, they're just they're very similar, and I feel like that's they probably want to get someone who's a little bit different, especially with a guy like Carson Wentz. I feel like Drake yeah. London would be a perfect complement,
1: very to, much like his boy over in Indianapolis, um, Pittman, Michael Pittman,
0: or back when he had Alshon Jeffrey. It,
1: hopefully he doesn't do the same thing as Locker. You know? Yeah, like hopefully he doesn't do the same thing as the Locker Mouse and Jeffrey did. I think they're interchangeable. <laughs> I think either way, Washington's taking receiver. At twelve, yeah. I, I I already telegraphed it. Kyle Hamilton to this to the Vikings. They know they've got very limited time to Harrison Smith, if not at all. I can't remember if he's on the roster. But like it's the number one need and they're not gonna let him a guy that good fall that far. So I have them taking Kyle Hamilton.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm in a similar uh, mindset, I guess. But they're going to go secondary. But the way I see it, I feel like, um, uh, especially, I think it was, his name is a little hard to pronounce, but Quincy Odafe something like that. Yeah. Odafe their new general manager, the Vikings' new general manager. He's, uh, according to a lot of guys, he's very analytical. and He really buys into the whole analytics game. And I feel like based off of that, he's probably going to go with the highest uh, value pick with the highest value position in this draft, um, which would probably be either quarterback, offensive line or corner. Uh, and I feel like of those three, the position that they need the most is corner. They are desperate for corners. Patrick Peterson is getting old and he's really the only guy on their team who's even a little bit reliable. And you got Derek Stingley still on the board. I don't think that there's any chance that Derek Stingley falls past, falls past 12. I have Stingley going here at 12 and I just feel like that's, that's like a shoe in for me. That's one of those picks that Stingley is going to be a Viking, you know, in a month.
1: All right, so if you have Stingley falling to the Vikings, who do you have 13 of the Texans?
0: So what about you? You didn't tell me. You're uh, Oh, you well, said no, Texans was Hamilton.
1: Yeah, and, the, and I said the Vikings was Hamilton.
0: Yeah, yeah. So for me, 13, I have – and this is going to be a little bit interesting, but I think that the Texans, they, they made it clear they like Davis Mills. And I feel like everyone can agree Davis Mills played surprisingly well for a rookie who was not drafted in the first round, especially where – Play on a team like the Texans. The Texans are so devoid of talent. It's just, it's embarrassing. And he still put up really good numbers. I feel like maybe the Texans are going to try, you know, they have needs all over the board. So wherever they throw these darts, they're hoping that it lands, regardless of what position. I feel like maybe they try to build around offense, maybe try to build around Davis Mills a little bit and see how he plays. So with their first pick, I had them taking a key quanu. So I feel like with their next pick, now they're going to go Garrett Wilson, take a, a receiver. Who can be their, their number one? Pair up maybe with Nico Collins, with Davis Mills, likes and gets along with. Pair up with a Brandon Cooks who could probably teach him the way. Garrett Wilson, Brandon Cooks are have similar a little bit similar game types, so that would be interesting. Maybe give Davis Mills, you know, a, a fighting chance to to win the job.
1: Fair enough. All right, I will say, I have the Texans going, Derek Stingley.
0: Yeah, if he's still there,
1: yeah. if he's still there, listen, I think he will be there. I think they they've they they were one of the first things to bring him for a visit post. Post is four three seven. Congratulations to him. That was a hell of a 40 time. But, yeah, no, I think the Texans is stingly. It's like a match made in heaven. I think they've telegraphed that they want him. It's kind of like Kenny Pickett and Sauce Garner to me, where it's like the team is telling you they want him. They're going to take him if he's there. Um,
0: yeah, if he falls to 13. That's a, that's a easy. Yeah,
1: pick. It's the best cornerback available. At 14, I have the Baltimore Ravens, Ravens taking uh, – Devonte Wyatt out of Georgia, they need interior guys, and he's the best one available. I think he's still better than Jordan Davis. You and me both talked about this. What's Jordan Davis we gonna get? Is it the Jordan Davis who got dominated by Alabama offensive linemen in that draft and looked gassed? I mean, in the championship game, or are we gonna get the Jordan Davis who ran the ridiculous forty times and all that other crap? So, I think Wyatt's the fit for them. They need interior guys. They just brought back Campbell. I think they're going. They still have Peters. And they still have Humphrey. They don't need corners. I don't think they're going to go receiver, especially this early. That's never been – they just took Terrence Marshall last year. Or not Terrence no, Marshall. No, it's Rashad, um, Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman, who played great when he got on the field. They still Hollywood Brown. They're not going to take receiver. I think they're going to take a, a simple easy. They're going to go with the guy who's going to stuff up the middle for them, like Wyatt, who can play multiple positions, either outside as a three technique or inside as a one. Either way, I think he's the perfect fit for them at 14.
0: So you got a huge, massive Ravens fan here. So, as a Devontae Wyatt fan, also as a big Devontae Wyatt stand, nothing would make me happier.
1: You than just don't think we are going to do it?
0: Taking Devonte Wyatt, I, just, I don't think that there's there's a chance. I feel like they they would love a guy like Devontae Wyatt. Um, I feel like there's there's two positions probably that they're going to be prioritizing here, and I feel like that's edge rusher. Where you know they haven't had a quality edge rusher since uh, Terrell Suggs, and they've had some, mm-hmm. some good players that they drafted and developed, like guys like Zadarius Smith, who was good for them, but then went on to be even better on another team. You know, that's it's very much their style. They draft these really good edge rushers who then move on. Um, I feel like they and they just got Odafe Owe last year in the first round. Um, mm-hmm. so I feel like they'd be looking at edge rusher. Another position I feel like not a lot of guys are talking about, but I feel like it would be huge for them is offensive line. Their whole their offense when they were the best offense in the league, they were the the Super Bowl frontrunner. Was they had Lamar Jackson just running wild on teams, putting up two hundred rushing yards a game. Are you thinking the kid? Of, offensive line.
1: Are you thinking of the kid of AM? and M? Kenyan Green? Yeah.
0: No, I don't think Kenyon Green is going this early. I don't think there's any chance, especially with Linderbaum on the board and Zion Johnson. Zion Johnson is actually my number one interior offensive lineman. I would also if the, the, the Ravens take Devonte White or Zion Johnson, I will be the happiest man in the world. But. I think that in this in this uh, uh, mock draft, I'm gonna go with Jermaine Johnson. Uh okay. he's still on the board for me. It's a great pick, he's a great talent, and and I just feel like they're they're not going to prioritize their offense as much as I wish they would uh-huh. because they know they believe in Lamar Jackson's abilities. And I just feel like they saw how how lacking their defense was last year, and they know that they need a good pass rush. And and they took the, the project with Odafe the guy who's a crazy athlete who can probably project and and slowly grow into this crazy dominant edge rusher. But now they want to go with a guy like Jermaine Johnson, who was crazy productive at Florida State, who can come in and have production off the
1: gate and kind of match with Odafeo. I love it. All right, so 15, we have my team on the board finally, the Phillips Eagles 15. Now, I was leaning a different direction this morning before I saw a draft visit by a certain receiver. Also... I also know there's a certain connection he has to the team since his boy he has two boys on the roster. Philly loves them Alabama receivers, man. They love them Alabama boys. They're gonna take Jamison Williams at nine, at, at fifteen. So here's why. You're gonna think, Jared, they have Jalen Rager, they have uh Zach Pascal. How how is he gonna eat and they still No one's have,
0: saying they have Jalen Rager? No, but
1: <laughs> no, let me finish. But they still have, you know, but the one and two slots are still filled with Quez Watkins and Devontae De- Smith. But hear me out. One Pascal is a is a tech receiver. He is your like sidearm guy. Like he's gonna just catch touchdowns. He's what we've had in Greg Ward for the past few years, where he's just there in the end zone. Jalen Rager may not be an Eagle by draft time. I don't think. I think Sirianni's done with him. I think he really is. Jamison Williams just had a draft visit, and I think Howard Roseman wants to alleviate the DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson issues in the room here. Jamison Williams. They don't need to worry about his ACL, him getting back right away because they do have – they can have Pascal play the number three position if he's not ready exactly by game time. But with James Williams, his upside is ridiculous. This is a missile. And he's 6'1". He's a big enough body. He knows Jalen Hurts enough. He also has his chemistry already with his boy, Devontae Smith, who's going to show him the reins. There's a familiarity there. And it's a Philadelphia pick where they want to get a home run hitter in the last year – of Jalen Hurts is either either the last year of this era of Jalen Hurts or the first of many because this is Jalen Hurts make a break here. They're going to give him the ammunition to f- try to take a swing at this thing. So for me, because they have their two first last ne- next year Cutter see if uh, the New Orleans Saints they will either give Jalen Hurts every tool in the world to succeed and score a ton of points and be a good offense, or they're going to give um, his boy Bryce Young. Tyler Van Dyke, or CJ Stroud, whoever the quarterback they get next year in the draft, if Hurts fails, all the weapons in the world. So either way, the Eagles are going to set it up with their first pick to go get Jameson Williams. The, the word on the street is, everyone says Eagles and Drake London. I know you're trickling off the board, so I not have to worry about you saying this. The thing is, there has been nothing connected. The only receiver connected to Philadelphia so far the draft visits has, uh, uh, there has been Olave a little bit, Wilson a little bit, but Jamison Williams has been the one that everyone's been like; it's been gaining some some heat, I guess.
0: So very interesting. I with Jamison Williams, I just feel like he's let's put it this way: before the the injury, I feel like if he didn't get injured and he could have bulked up a little bit for the combine, put on a show at the combine, I feel like he would be a lock for a top ten pick. You know, mm-hmm. he would have been easily the best wide receiver in this draft. Problem yeah. is, there was an injury that also affected his weight a little bit, and it's also ACL. It was very late, so he's gonna fall a little bit. Um, the Eagles taking a guy like Jameson Williams, whoever gets him, it's going to be a steal because he's a great wide receiver. Mm -hmm. My only problem with his fit on the Eagles is that the way I see it, there's a famous saying where you want to build your football team, like a basketball team, which is you want to have, especially on offense, you want to have guys who play different roles on your offense, play very different styles of receiver. And that way, at any given situation, you can go to anyone. If you have these, you know, Jamison Williams and Devontae White, both are skinny guys, you know, who win their routes, but aren't, you know big contested catch you know 50 50 type guys who can you know go down the middle and these, you know catches in traffic neither of them are those guys and i just feel like if you have you know two of the same that i don't feel like that would be great for their offense so i, I like the pick of jameson williams he's a great receiver i don't know about the fit um i actually haven't taken receiver with their next pick but before i get to my pick i'm just curious for, from an eagles fans perspective what did you feel like how did you feel about this trade
1: I love it because it hedges our I'm a big fan of hedging my bets. I've always been about it. I've always Listen, the only time I had to hedge my bet was in National championship game. I don't want to talk about it. Um <laughs> fucking Kansas. Um I will say this. I think the with the Saints behind them and the fact that the Eagles know that they want their guy. I think the only guy they would take ahead, the only guy they would take if they didn't have James Williams there. The other guy they would go for and take a run at if will if they if will if Wilson, Williams and um what's his face and will uh Williams Wilson and uh, Lond- London weren't there London. they would wait they'd take corner at this pick and they'd wait and go get Traylon Burks at what I believe is the eighteenth pick they love yeah. Burks apparently too I think Burks is a fit for them honestly I think that's their guy honestly. If it's not James and Williams, I love Traylon Burks, but I think Philadelphia would not hesitate this time, and they will go pull the trigger on the guy they want.
0: Interesting. So I actually have them taking Burks at 18. A little bit okay. of spoiler here. Um, so I would have them going Burks here, but in my draft at least, where you, the Saints already made their pick, at, traded up to number seven, you have the Giants and the Chargers in between the next two picks. Yeah. And I feel like both of those teams are more threats to other positions rather than receiver. I don't mm-hmm. feel like either of those teams are going to go trail on Burks. So I feel like the the Eagles are feel a little bit more comfortable going elsewhere and then hoping that Traylon Burks falls to pick mm-hmm. 18. And you're not gonna like this very much as an Eagles fan. I haven't taken Jordan Davis, and I'm saying this not from a from a, the perspective. Good move. I, just get, yes. I just don't get it is good a
1: tackle. I just don't get. Yeah, I just don't get because they just re-signed Cox to one year deal. They have Milton Thomas and they also have Javon Hargrave. It's just there would be two pack in there.
0: So yes, but I feel like uh, Howie Rosen, right? So he's a huge, just uh, advocator for you need to have guys on your in your trenches, and I just feel like like Jordan Davis is the last, not for not in my opinion, I'm not a huge Jordan Davis fan, but I feel like in the opinion of the, in the of the draft world, Jordan Davis is the last guy here who is a dude who is just someone who is like a freak, someone who ran who's the, as big as Jordan Davis who ran a four seven eight. And I feel like, especially with Fletcher Cox getting a little bit older, yeah, you're right. It's a one year deal. I feel like that would be a good, you know, no team stays healthy all year, and having a good rotation would bring out the best in their defensive line, and could really turn their defense into probably, I think, with with a guy like Jordan Davis. If Jordan Davis plays as well as everyone thinks he will play, then. This could be a, a top five defense in the NFL even. They have a yeah. lot of serious talent there, especially with a guy like Jordan Davis being able to come in and not have to be the every down starter, but someone mm. who can rotate in. that will bring out the
1: best in. See, my biggest thing is I think the Eagles will – I think the guy they want is the, – the guy that fits their ideal mold to me is Travis Jones out of UConn in the third round. That's where I think they'll go. Will they go right. interior? I think Travis Jones goes first. I don't think he goes that far. I think the, he's a 51st ranked prospect on this big board here. And I think I have in my fifties as well. I think, cause I think Winfrey out of Oklahoma and Leal and Davis will all go ahead of him and same thing with Wyatt. Yeah. yeah. So my biggest thing with draft, it's because he goes to a small school and they're going to UConn prospects besides Byron Jones, haven't yeah. gone high in a while. Speaking from a kid who's from Connecticut. Although you um, know Travis Jones had a
0: wild just like Byron Jones blew people away at his pro day. Travis yeah. Jones, no one talked about it because of Jordan Davis and Devontae White. Travis Jones had it, also ran a sub 540, uh, and he's over, I think, like, I think thinks close to 350 pounds, just something ridiculous. It's just but he, he looks like he looks like guys. an
1: athlete. I think the biggest reason why I disagree with you on the Jordan Davis pick is that it's he, he's his effort and his wind has been questioned in Philadelphia with, with Jonathan Gannon, who is a wonky dude. I think him, Sirianni, and in the competitiveness is a question. And with a guy like Nick Sirianni, who basically makes motherfuckers do rock, paper, scissors in the draft room, (laughs) I don't think Jordan Davis passed that test. I think Jordan Davis, I seriously worry about the kid's effort. I really do. Where it's like, it's not like last year where I like, two years ago, I was like, oh, Justin Jefferson won't be able to separate. I was wrong. But no, with Jordan Davis, I just worry on tape. I just don't think he's got enough gas to be a Sirianni type of guy. That's yeah, what I, I don't think that, it's his effort, went.
0: though. I think it's more of his stamina. You know, he's a big guy. I yeah, feel that's like he another reason. He can I run mean, an explosive 40, but he can't run, you know, 1040s yeah. in, in an hour. He'd, get, he'd run like a 10-second 40 on his last yeah.
1: one. My my biggest thing with it is like, Milton Thomas, they took him because he's basically an Aaron Donald type where it's like he's a freak of nature D-tackle. Because, yeah, he is a freak, Jordan Davis. I think my biggest thing, I always say, just, just, the fit feels odd. It doesn't feel like a Howie and Nick Sirianni pick. It feels more like a Minnesota Vikings type pick. Yeah, I get that. So at 16, I have the New Orleans Saints who didn't have to panic, who didn't have to trade up, who sat there, held on, and their guy is sitting there at 16. Second quarterback off the board is Malik Willis. I think they're going to go get this freak of nature guy. They can have him sit behind... Their boy, uh, James James William Winston, for a little bit, they can have him just like learn. If he beats him out in the training camp, even better. But to them, you said they're taking a quarterback. I think they'll go with the splash guy more than the consistent winner. will Desmond Ritter. I think the Malik Willis there at sixteen is a home run for them. Funny enough, I have Jordan Davis coming off the board in the next three picks. I just thought, I just realized that.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I just – the the Willis fit in, in uh, New Orleans, I mean, yeah, it would give him a great opportunity to be able to sit and develop behind a guy like James Winston. But I just feel like his erratic accuracy is just – in order uh, – receivers, you need to pair with a guy like Malik Willis who has the crazy accuracy that he has, needs mm-hmm. to be guys who can separate. And they don't really have consistent separators. Even Michael Thomas is more of a hands catcher, more of someone who can get, get a yard of separation and then physically come down with the ball – rather than someone who's going to, you know, juke someone out of their shoes and then get 10 yards of separation. And with Willis's accuracy, that's just I I just don't feel like it's a great fit, but of all the places where he could go, that would be probably one of the best fits for him just from an aspect of he could be be able to sit there and and develop behind a great offensive line and in a great organization. That would probably be the best fit for his development.
1: So funny enough, I do have the Saints taking a receiver with their next pick.
0: Very interesting. So with my pick here, I have the, it's not the Saints, it's the Giants, right? The Giants, I feel like this is, by the way, an ideal situation for the Giants. The Giants are not, don't need one or two more guys to make a run, all right? They need to just load up with as much talent as possible. They are just one of the weirdest teams where they have one of the worst cap situations, but they have no, I don't think they have any pro bowlers on their, on their roster which is ridiculous because they're under the cap. I don't understand how that's possible. Their general manager did a number on their team, and they just need to yeah. infuse this roster with just talent. And it doesn't even need to be the most high-end talent. They just need talent wherever they mm-hmm. can get it. So having three first-round picks, being able to trade back and get three, I feel like that'd be huge for them. So with their first pick, they got Charles Cross. So they kind of fix their offensive line. They could go offensive line again. I don't think mm-hmm. that they're going to do do it a second time. So, like, a double-dip at that position. I have them going Devontae White here. You know, I— they have a guy like Dexter Lawrence on the inside, but pair him with Devontae White. You know, also I think it's not their Gettleman anymore. But uh, but they need trenches. You build a team from the trenches and out. Mm-hmm. and getting a guy like Devontae White, I feel like not only is he the best player left on this board, but he's just a, a good fit. You know, when you're trying to build a team like that, you don't start throwing wide receiver at it, you know. You you start with the offensive line and then you you know move on to the next trenches, which is defensive line. Devontae White's a, a great mm-hmm. player.
1: Oh yeah. All right, so I actually been thinking about number seventeen for a while with this, with the Chargers, right? Because they have three holes that are glaring to me. They need a right tackle, obviously, but interior D lineman and linebacker are huge for them, right? It's like they need guys in the middle. They have dudes in the outside. They have the edge rusher. They have Derwin James, and I think they'll fill a lot of holes in the second, third, and fourth round. I still think they might get another guy in free agency. They just got J. They just got Khalil Mack. They just got JC Jackson. I really think they want to get a a guy in the middle who's going to play there because they just lost Kazir White to Philadelphia. I think they take Devin Lloyd here at at 17. I think that he's the first linebacker off the board. Do I think they're worried about, like I am, with him not being able to stick dudes up in the hole? No. But do, I, do they think they really care? No. My biggest thing is I like seeing linebackers stick guys up. That is a big thing with me. I want to be able to watch you stop, especially with guys like Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, who run through people. I want to see guys who stop them in the hole. But my boy Cruz said this perfectly. He is Devin White 2.0. So if that's that's a great comp, honestly, if I'm the Chargers who want guys who can go sideline to sideline, I think the Chargers luck out here and they get him at 17.
0: Devin is interesting. My only problem with Devin Lloyd is I feel like he's just a, a very rare athlete. So teams are definitely gonna buy into him. Problem is he's 24. So that's that's usually a big red flag when someone's that old. Um, and he just, his, his tape is so raw. And like when you have a player who is just very unpolished and needs uh, to improve, it's a lot more exciting when he's 20 or 21 years old. And you're like, this guy's a kid. And we can mold him into a star player. But when you're 24 and you have that many holes in your tape, uh, it, it's just a little concerning. I really like Devin Lloyd. Um, that's just my two cents on him. I feel like in this pick I have, um, it's an odd fit. Because, like you said, they got JT Jackson, they drafted Asante Samuel last year at corner. But I haven't taken Trent McDuffie here. And the reason I, I feel like they, they got to start hitting on the secondary is because last year in the, the crucial game for their season, where it was deciding whether to make the playoffs or not against the Raiders, Derek Carr, with a terrible receiving core was driving all over the field on them. And he was going all the way down the field with Hunter Renfro. And now they have Devontae Adams. And now Russell Wilson's in the division. And Patrick Mahomes is still in the division. And in today's NFL, having two corners is not enough. So drafting a guy like Trent McDuffie, they are, are solidifying their defense and saying, we have a good offense. We have Justin Herbert. We have okay. Mike Williams. We have King Allen. We have Austin Eckler. We have a really good offensive line that they revamped last year and is only going to improve with time because they have a lot of young guys on that offensive line. We need defense. And they got Derwin James at safety. They have a beast, you know, defensive line. Linebacker could use some help. But they've never – I remember this from, uh, from when they played the Ravens and Lamar Jackson's first year starting. Yeah. They were never guys who were big on having those thumper linebackers. What they want is they want to have tons of defensive backs who can just be hybrids and play all over the place. So that would be a lot easier when you have three good coverage corners in J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel, and Trent McDuffie. You can shut down receivers, go man-to-man, and then all your safeties and then linebackers can be these nickel guys and play whatever packages you want.
1: Fair enough. All right, so with all that being said, at eighteen, you're gonna love this because this is this is a this is a big brain move. Even though he's not your favorite player in this draft, I love the Eagles taking Andrew Booth because his pro comp is very similar to the guy on the other side of the ball from him, and the other side of those the formation from him, that's Darius Slay. Like very good man to man coverage, great ball skills, sticky man to man. Like this guy. Can play a little zone, but the Eagles run a lot of man-to-man off zone. He's a perfect fit for them. He's long. He's laying six foot. Can run well. Five-star talent when he's coming out of high school. And honestly, he gets to sit near a smart player. Two smart players in Anthony Harris and, and and Darius Slay. Possibly Honey Badger as well, if all things go according to the way they're supposed to go. So now... Like now, the Eagles with Zach McPherson possibly also in the slot, they could they could duel it out. So he goes better, or they could trade one of them. They still Avante Maddox is an underrated nickel corner. It makes so it. much uh, Avante Maddox on paper. His when he swatted that in from Robbie Anderson in the last on that last, against the Panthers, I'm like that dude's a highlight reel player. When he's in the slot, he's one of the best slot corners in the league. I think Andrew Booth here is going to make all the sense because they don't have. There's no edge rusher available. They do have Reddick. They do have, uh, they they have their four guys. They have their four edge rushers, but they know they have to get one down the road, which is what I think they'll do in the second round when they take, um, Mister Ajobo out of uh, Michigan, because they know they don't need him ready for the first I think year. He falls that far? I think he falls second round. I think teams are going to stay away from that Achilles because they see. I, I
0: feel like teams in the in the late first round, teams, especially like a team like the Chiefs, who have two first round picks. Where they need edge rusher, but they don't need edge rusher right now. They have two first round picks, so yeah. you know having one of them sit for a while, I don't think I it's going to Kistofs-
1: fall. I have Kostas going there to the, chi- to, I have them him go into the Chiefs. That's the only reason. If it wasn't Christopher Kostas sitting there already, he'd probably go in the first round. But unfortunately, he won't. And Philadelphia knows they can probably get him the second round, or get that kid out of, um, oh god, out of San Diego State, who they love. They can easily wait on an edge rusher, and they'll go take Andrew Booth here because you said. I just think they don't need another Monte Maddox. They need a guy who's going to play on the outside. So that's why I take Booth here.
0: Yeah, I'm not a huge Andrew Booth fan, but uh, it's not like I'm a huge Andrew Booth hater either. Um, so I just feel like he, he he didn't blow me away enough, and he, he was just very good at everything, but he wasn't like elite. He wasn't Derek Stingley or Sauce Gardner at any one aspect of the game, and there were just other guys who, who were more impressive to me. So I like Booth. I think that he's uh, – another thing that hurt his draft stock is that he – didn't really participate in any of the the you know postseason uh, or offseason just hype. He didn't he wasn't at the combine, he didn't do much at the combine. And it was just like there's nothing about him to really boost his stock like where everyone else is having their stock rise. So I feel like that's gonna hurt him a little bit. But for me, I have the Eagles taking Traylon Burks. I already mentioned this before. Um mm-hmm. I feel like he's a perfect fit. He's very opposite of Devontae Adams, Devontae Smith, where Devontae Smith is lean and just a perfect route runner. A smooth technician, but he's not very physical. On the other hand, you have Traylon Burks, who's not a perfect technician, and his route running, his route uh, tree isn't as developed. But he is just physical and big and dominant, and he can just, you know, it's just the opposite of Devontae Smith. Where whatever you need to achieve on your offense, you go to either him or to him. I feel like it would be a great pairing, and they really complement each other well.
1: I honestly would love, even if it went the way where they take Booth at fifteen, or and then they go get Traylon Burks at eighteen, because. Traylon Burks, you know who he reminds me of? You know his pro comp is in my head? It's Dez Bryant. Des Bryant. De- Des it's Bryant. AJ Brown's got a little more burn in him. Des Bryant was a little yeah. shiftier. And Des Bryant, it's just it's the physicality. It's the 6'2, 6'3 frame. It's the hands. It's the ability just to like m- like rip the ball out of the air with authority and then oh, take off that, moving. Huh? A little bit. And also the punt return ability. Honestly, if you want my honest to God opinion, my dream scenario for the draft is. Is the Eagles get either Stingley or Booth at fifteen, depending on how they fall, and then get Trail and Burks at eighteen. That is my dream first round for Philadelphia. I think yeah. Burks is the perfect fit. That's not out of the question. Just, yeah, that's my dream fit. That's what I want. But logically, I think they go Booth at eighteen or, or Booth and Wilson Williams at fifteen. Yeah, but I think well, sense. I think yeah, I just just keep Drake London away from my team. I think this kid <laughs> is going to be a bust and a half. He's going to be. Calvin Benjamin.
0: He's concerning for sure. Yeah, he's concerning oh, for sure. Yeah, but, you uh, can't
1: separate from Pac-12 cornerbacks. That scares the daylights out of me. I think the kid could be a good player, but I just don't trust him in eight in the Eagles system.
0: I feel that. I feel that you have uh Drake London dropping a little bit in your matcha. He's still available and you still oh, have I have him going
1: games. to a certain NFC contender that's missing some receivers in about two picks. Um Very interesting. All right, let's run through uh, these a bit. All right, so yeah, like so Saints nineteen now. Saints at nineteen, I have them taking one of my most underrated receivers in the draft. I haven't taken Chris Olave. The name itself, I the, his speed. They take Malik Willis. They need a fast guy to compete. I like him better than Jahan Doxon. I like him better than Drake London. I think that he is going to be there at 18, obviously, because some teams have him going as far back as 32. I have him going at 18 to the Saints. I think they reach on him, but that's the guy. They like him, his combination with his speed and ability to separate with nick Willis, who's gonna need guys to get open along with Michael Thomas. I think it's a good fit.
0: Yeah, it's a great pick having uh they, they definitely need to add a receiver help. And this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I have Olave right now as my wide receiver one. Now that could change because my my wide receiver rankings have shifted every day. Olave I feel like a week ago he was my wide receiver four and now he's my wide receiver one and it's not like he even changed more than five or six spots in my big board. It's just all these receivers are so good and so close together in talent. So I I really like Olave, but for me, I have the giants here because again, they traded with the saints. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know I said before that they won't double dip at offensive line, but I feel like the way the board uh, has, has, you know, fallen to them. There isn't really anyone who I feel like they need to go get Uh, on my board. There's still Malik Willis. You're not going quarterback this Mm -hmm. year. Uh, They have Jamison Williams available who I I just, I don't feel like they're going to go receiver here with, the amount of money that they're paying uh kenny galladay and they just drafted Kadarius tony in the first round there isn't really anyone any guys here who i feel like they need to take so i feel like they might double dip here at offensive line and in that case they'd go tyler linderbaum who's probably the most polished offensive lineman in this class mm-hmm. and you know they 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 shored up the the edge of it with getting a guy like charles cross they have a guy like andrew thomas and then throw tyler linderbaum in the middle and they could really have a a Really, a, a good offensive line. Maybe see how Daniel Jones does. Maybe he'll throw less interceptions, have less turnovers. We'll see.
1: All right. So, here at, I, I like the pick, obviously, but at 20, at myself for 20, we have the Steelers. Okay. And the Steelers, to me, I feel like they're sitting there. They're panicking. They wanted to, co- they wanted Malik Willis, and he's not there. So, they're going to take a safe pick and they're going to go get Tyler Lindenbaum out of Iowa. A big, nasty, Mahler from the Midwest who can get either a guard or center and help block for uh money Mitch or whoever they take later in the draft. Wink, wink. Um, I think money, I think it. I think Linda at 20, to the Steelers is a great pickup. I don't have them trading out. I was, there's a lot of maybe trades with me, but now I'm looking at it. There's a lot of players available for these guys, especially from a number 21 team, uh, the Patriots who now basically have a guy they, who fits their niche falling to them at 21. So,
0: yeah. yeah. So you're saying the Steelers take Linderbaum? That's interesting. Um, I just think they need.
1: Najee Harris is the franchise man. They need to block for him.
0: They do. They they need help on the offensive line for sure. Uh, For my in my mock draft, I would have had them going offensive line, but Malik Willis is available. Mm -hmm. So yeah. (laughs) So basically,
1: we're we're just doing the Saints the Saints Steelers flip here. Yeah, yeah. Except yeah, for yeah, you yeah. have the Saints way overreaching for Desmond Ritter, which my friend and good friend of the show, Cruz Rider. if that happens, I, I'm going to, like, make sure I stand out in front of his house to make sure he doesn't do any harm to himself because that's scary. He's not – he <laughs> hates hate Desmond Ritter. My, my he hates earlier, Desmond I Ritter. Point. I love Desmond Ritter, but he hates Desmond Ritter. So – That's rough. That's rough. Uh, he's not a fan of Desmond Ritter, let's put it that way. He's hitting the wrong guy. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, so – Yes, All right, we have, got twenty-one. We got the yeah. Pats. Pats, I have Trent McDuffie coming off the board for the Patriots. Yeah, they different. need a corner. They love these gadget corners. They love the guys who maybe aren't the flashy ones. And McDuffie can play inside. He can play outside. He's a little smaller, but he can run. He's a Bill Belichick guy. They need corners. They need them badly. This is perfect for Bill at twenty-one. And watch now, McDuffie's going to be like a pro, perennial Pro Bowler.
0: Yeah, that's a great pick. Also, just the, the way he understands the game, I feel like him fitting into a Bill Belichick defense that'd be just that'd be unreal for me. He's he's off the board, so that would be a great pick for the Pats if they could get him. For me, they can't, so I feel like they go at this pick. I, I I don't love the fit, and I would hate this if this happens. I just feel like if the board falls this way, it will. Is that the Pats would take Jamison Williams, where okay. I just feel like he's he's easily the best player who fills a need who's still available, and he's just obviously he's a great receiver, and they need receivers. I can't imagine them taking a wide receiver in, in the first round again after what happened with Nikhil Harry and after all the rumors with Bill Belichick. But I just feel like with a guy like Jamison was falling, they, they can't pass on him. You know.
1: I know. I hear you honestly. So my biggest thing is when I look at the when I look at the Patriots, man. I just think they, that Bill is going to win with that defense. I think he's got to. Because he knows Mac's going to be a good player. And I know they're going to go. There's, it's a very, I think like the Jahad Dotson in the second round for them or Watson out of North Dakota State makes more sense where it's like they're going to be able to get their guy. Because in my scenario, Williams was off the board 15 in Philadelphia. So they're going to, they're going to like go get Duffy and then go load up on weapons in the second, third round, which is more of a Belichick esque way to do things than take a receiver after the whole Nikhil Harry debacle with the Herm Edwards, which I don't think him and Bill are still talking after that. Um, so that's that was my thing. At 22, the Green Bay Packers finally take a receiver in the first damn round. They select Drake London out of USC for Aaron Rodgers. If there's any receipt quarterback who could make Drake London look good, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's big. He's nasty. They don't need burners. They can go get a burner in the second or third round. They... Need a big-bodied guy who's going to catch balls in the end zone and be able to run decent routes, and that's Drake London. I think he fits in great with Aaron Rodgers, who's going to love a guy with a giant catch radius. Um, You know, Devontae Adams wasn't a burner. I'm not saying he's Devontae Adams by any stretch, obviously, but very good skill set for him for fitting in the Packers. If there's any team that can make his skill set work with a quarterback, it is Aaron Rodgers, who I think, in my opinion, is still the most accurate quarterback in the league. So... Like just on anything deep, he's gonna make him look great. So, I think Drake London to the Packers is a slam dunk for the um, for Green Bay.
0: So, I actually would say I don't love the fit Drake London to the Packers because I feel like first of all his skill set is very similar to Alan Lazard, where they're both big, big contested catch receivers who can just go up and come down with the fifty-fifty balls, but they're not separators. And that was the thing with Devonte Adams that what made him so great was not just his size. But which for the record, he's a lot shorter than people think. I think he's only six one or six two, which is a little bit crazy for for how you know dominant and big he played. But what made him so good is not only was his size, he's he six four. Oh, 6'4". You're,
1: talking, you're talking about Devont- Devontae Adams or Drake London? Devontae, Adam,
0: uh, Devontae, Devontae, Devontae Adams.
1: Yeah. Devontae Adams is six one. Yeah, no, but Drake London is six four.
0: Yeah, so it's just crazy that Devontae Adams plays a lot bigger than six one. But what made him even even better than that was that he is a great route runner, just a very underrated, consistent separator who can just shimmy guys, you know, to the floor. So I feel like that Drake London would, is very different than than uh, than Devontae Adams. And, and spoiler alert a little bit here is I don't have the Packers taking receiver with either of their first uh, two first round picks. Wow. I just feel like, yes, they would get a lot of hate from the fans, but I feel like Aaron Rodgers is not – I've said this before. He's not the type of guy who wants to, you know, take in a rookie wide receiver. And the way the draft felt to them right now, yes, Olave's on the board. I don't think that they pull the trigger on Olave. It's just not, doesn't feel like a stylistic fit with Aaron Rodgers. Well, I, think I feel like Aaron Rodgers is the type to say, like, I'm going to take these, you know, these bad wide receivers and I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to turn them into great receivers. I feel like it's a very typical.
1: Uh, I know you're not the biggest Aaron Rodgers guy on the planet, but um, I think that they're going to go get Jarvis Landry. I think Jarvis Landry, the Packers is a real thing, or possibly OBJ. They're going to get one of those Julio Jones. They're going to get one of these older guys and they're, they're going to get couple him with London and Lazard. And it's going to be a decent receiving core. That's I think that was my idea with their picking with the picking here. Now Man, this that. one with the Packers is now the next pick is the um, is the Arizona Cardinals Now the Arizona Cardinals are in a weird spot, right? So they need corners. They need edge rushers. They need receivers. The next best player available in my, at least in my board, is Jordan Davis, and then Zion Johnson, Thanos Costasis. I don't have them reaching on Costasis. I don't have them reaching for a corner. I think the next corner available is Kiar Elam. So I have I was originally at the Cardinals trade back, but because this man is still available on the board, I have them taking Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. I think. Wow. He, he okay. He's kind of fits that mold. He's a he's a faster guy. He gets open. He can make big plays. It fits Arizona. He kind of similar how Christian Over Kirk, Traylon like, Burks. I I don't know. I think tra- teams are weird on trail on Burks. I've, I haven't seen teams like. I think he's going to keep falling. I just don't get. I don't get it. Obviously, I just I just don't understand why teams are passing on him. But it's I try. I, I it, somebody has to explain to me why. But I don't know. So I just, I feel like Jahan Dotson, Trey gonna be one of those two. But I think Dotson feels more like a Cardinals pick to me.
0: Very interesting. I like that pick. I, I, that's a good pick. They definitely need receivers. That's not a question. Outside of Donjay Hopkins, who now was very injury, you know, riddled last year. They don't really have anyone, you know, Christian Kirk left and obviously signed that big a deal with the Jaguars. Um, they don't really have a number two and Rondell Moore is not a number two. He's more of a gadget guy. So that's a good, that's a very good pick. That would fit really well. I feel like they take Burks if they're going receiver at that spot, but John Dotson is definitely a good pick. I feel like they they do have needs on defense, but they got to go offense here where, especially with, with uh, Kyler Murray and the whole drama that we had this off season with him and just the way their offense last year started off on fire and then very, very quickly fell by the wayside and was just not as dominant as it was at the beginning of the season. That's going to be the key to their team is not their defense, but is their offense. Mm-hmm. and i feel like especially with kyler murray's play style you got to protect him so i'm taking zion johnson here beef up the offensive line give kyler okay. some time keep him healthy feel like mm-hmm. that's the key
1: so next pick i have the dallas cowboys and the dallas cowboys are the dallas cowboys they like stars they like guys who blow up are big and explosive and they like guys who shine and guys who are headlines right Who do I still have have on my board right now that you're bewildered? He's still here. Jordan Davis. At number 24, the Cowboys need to – listen, you could run the Cowboys and negate that edge rush. Him, Micah Parsons, and Demarcus Lawrence. I I know it's not – that's a scary defensive line, right? And it's such a Cowboys pick too. Like Micah Parsons is a big-name guy, the big name that got him at 11. I think Jordan Davis at 24. If he's still there, that is a touch of Jerry Jones pick. Like they went and got C.D. Lamb and they didn't need receivers. I think they're going to wait in and the receiver in this draft. they go see if they go get a guy like Michael Gallup like they did a couple of years ago. They're going to mm-hmm. wait and see. So, but next up is an interesting team for me. But You got to do your Cowboys picks. I'll let you go first.
0: Yeah, I really like the Jordan Davis pick. If he falls this far, that's a slam dunk pick for the Cowboys. I, I would be surprised if he fell this far after the offseason he had, but uh, that would be a slam dunk pick. Mm -hmm. I have them, uh, you know, since we're going uh, back and forth here, uh, you didn't really notice, but I just had two offensive linemen go back-to-back with Trevor Penning and Zion Johnson. Mm -hmm. And Tyler Linderbaum just won a couple picks ago. And offensive line, well, is drying up. And I feel like for the Cowboys, the strength of this team has always been offensive line. And now they're not only getting older, but they're losing pieces. They just lost Lyle Collins. Tyron Smith is not getting any younger. And they need help on the offensive line. And I just feel like they need help in multiple places. I feel mm-hmm. like they go Kenyon Green here. He, yes, he had a bad com- combine, but he's still a great player. And he's, other than than maybe Evan Neal, he's definitely the most versatile offensive lineman in this class where he played in one season. He played tackle, and both tackles and both guard spots in okay. one season. It was just insane the way they moved him around, and he was good all, all along the offensive line. So I feel like Kenyon Green would be a very good fit on this Cowboys offensive line.
1: Next up is my interesting pick. At 25, I have the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills are a strange team to me. I I can't understand. The Buffalo Bills every year make a surprise pick to me. They need another corner, but there's no good corners available right now. I think they could trade back, but I think Elam, honestly, they... I, I'm debating back and forth here. I feel like they would trade back up into the first round to get Elam because I think I don't have him going this high. I think he's an end of the first round, early second round type of guy. I actually, in my two-round mock, I had him them trading back up to the early second round and taking him with their third pick. I think, they were, I think the Texans trading out and them getting the – but I digress. I have them going way off book here and taking Brees Hall out of Iowa State. With wow. This so – the Buffalo Bills last year were so reliant and were not able to control the clock against Patrick Mahomes. And the best way to beat a guy like Patrick Mahomes as the Cincinnati Bengals was forced turnovers and run the damn ball. Give the ball to Dom Mixon and get out the way. They have the offensive line. It's decent. They have the edge rushers to get after guys like guys like Rousseau and Vaughn Miller. They need a guy to pound the rock. They have all these scat backs. They don't have a guy who can hammer it. Brees Hall is a sledgehammer with legs. He wow. doesn't need to be there, right? He doesn't need to catch the ball in the backfield. They got four different guys for that. They just need that guy to do what Zach Moss couldn't do. It's lower his shoulder, fall forward five yards. And they will spend a first-round pick on a guy like Brees Hall who can take 240 carries a year and probably run for a 1,000 yards. I love Once that they haven't had That's a guy like. Way. They haven't had a guy like that since uh, Willis McGahee, at least a a reliable guy like that. So
0: yeah, I really like that pick. That's one way to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. Obviously, Brees Hall is a phenomenal player, but another thing thing that I feel like, yeah, (laughs) I feel like that the direction that they go here is, and like I said, I'm not a huge Andrew Booth guy, but I feel like they go Andrew Booth here. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like especially with the acquisition of Von Miller, you see that they're trying to beef up their defense. They saw what Patrick Mahomes did, and they're like, no quarterback is ever. Gonna drive down the field like that ever again. We're gonna have a defense that is not gonna let that happen to us. So they went out, they got Von Miller, and I feel like they continue to beef up their defense with uh, Andrew Booth. Their offense is is great, you know, continuing to improve their offense. It, it it's good, but I just feel like they're much better off improving their defense.
1: Nice, nice. All right, so you'll love this. Guess who comes off the board now of the Tennessee Titans at pick twenty six, Traylon Burks to, pair him, with AJ to, brown. to pair him with jj aj brown oh,
0: what a good Listen. I, I, for the record i love how uh, all of your wide receiver picks are receivers going to teams where there's already a number one receiver who has basically the same skill set as them which is so interesting
1: well it's to me it's like i like multiple receivers obviously i like having a burner so like the Eagles have their jump ball guy, and that's Quez Watkins. Does he have to put on another 20 pounds? Obviously. But I watched him moss three different guys a week. It's not really his issue. They need a, they need a guy who's going to bl- blow past the defense on a vertical, where Quez Watkins sometimes struggles with his route consistency. Yeah. With tr- with Traylon Burks, he can run every route that A.J. Brown can run, and vice versa, which is going to give a guy like Tannehill who's a very simple, straight, and narrow quarterback an easier way to throw the ball to. I like Burks here. I think it's a home run if he can't go to Philadelphia. I would love him going to Tennessee, especially with that play action passing game where he's going to be one on one a lot. And with that, with Ryan Tannehill's sketchy ball placement sometimes, it's perfect for a guy like Burks who can go rip the ball out of the air. And it's going to take a lot yeah, of I pressure off. Thing. Well, they were great when they had Corey Davis, who was a very sk- of a similar skill set. So, once again, get another guy who fits Tannehill's mo.
0: Yeah, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, an advocate of the the pair wide receivers of the same skill set. But mm-hmm. if, if Traylon Burks falls to 26 and the Titans pass on him, that would be just ridiculous. That he would be, he's just a, too good of a player to pass up at a position of need for a team like the Titans. But so I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you here. Traylon Burks is taken here, but I'm going to have him take Olave. They need a receiver, and I feel like Olave would pair up really nicely with Robert Woods and then obviously AJ Brown and I feel like especially looking at their team they have a good defense you know Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry and what you need is just to have a better passing offense more consistent more reliable and yeah even a little bit more explosive Lavai could do that for them
1: oh yeah uh, i i completely agree um so next up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right um but i am not wait so did you make your you made your pick for 26 right
0: yeah okay 10 seconds
1: Yeah, my brain is fried. I'm sorry. It's been a long couple days. Um, At 27, my first trade of the draft. The Buccaneers are trading out of the first round and taking the second-round pick and fourth-round pick from the Los Angeles Chargers, who are trading back up into the first round, where they will select Kiar Elam out of Florida. Wow. I think someone
0: trades back into the first round to take a corner.
1: Yeah, because there's no good co- after him after Elam. I don't trust a single corner on this board for like until like the f- Kyler Gordon out of Washington, who I have going in like the third rounds, end of yeah, the second. Yeah, after
0: the top tier it dries up real quick.
1: Yeah, so Kyler Elam's the last barely, and he doesn't need to be the dominant corner. They have J.C. Jackson, they have his Andre Samuel, who's a great nickel guy. Kyer Elam could play outside. That's why I have them going him instead of McDuffie. I think McDuffie's gonna go to New England, obviously. But I think the Chargers trade up with the Buccaneers. So I have to write that down. TB LA Evil. So that's that's, that's that was that. that was that was my big thing here. Like I just think it's just as a home run hitter for the Chargers. We need to store up that other side of that defense. And they're gonna double down because they know they gotta get guys who can cover and they're gonna go all defense By the way, six one and a half, 191 pounds. That's a lanky corner, man.
0: Yeah, I love Kary I'm a huge Kary guy. I, I just don't feel got, like he's going to go early, but I, I think he's a little bit underrated. What, hey, run. listen,
1: 27 pick in the first round's not bad.
0: It's not bad, yeah. So I really like that pick. Um, it reminds me a lot of my McDuffie picks. Do you agree with the, the fact that the Chargers are going to want to go corner? It's not oh, not yeah. a bad move. Um, but with me, I still have Tampa Bay staying in this pick. Um, I'm going to have him taking Travis Jones, defensive line out of UConn. Uh, i really like travis jones i feel like he's a little bit underrated i i think he's a lock for the first round I, I love him even though you think he's a third round i really feel like he's going in the first round and i feel like if you look at tampa bay's roster yeah you want to build around the offense around Tom brady but there isn't a lot of offense crazy good offense left right now and there are a lot of great defenders left and they invested a lot heavily in their secondary they have great linebackers getting a guy like travis jones put him next to vita Vea. there's no chance anyone is running on this team so you're going to have to pass into their you know good second year that they just put a lot of money into. So I feel like that's a great pick right there. Charles my
1: Jones. my my one thing was I had them taking Carl Loftus. That was my other one. Because I have him available here at 27, but I said, you know, let me pass. I think they're gonna I think there's other teams that are gonna roll on him. But um speaking of Carl Loftus at number 28, I have the Green Bay Packers selecting George Loftus. <laughs>
0: there you go.
1: Because when Tampa Bay passes on him to move uh to go get their go uh, get to go Trey back I have just going to the Packers. They went and got the receiver. They're probably going to go get another receiver later in the draft, a possibly a certain speedster, because there's like five, 15 guys who run a sub. I think Watson, by the way, out of North Dakota State, is a Packers receiver. <laughs> like big, fast, small school it is totally a Packers move to go get him in the second round. I think that's where they'll, they'll double down on receivers to make Aaron happy because they just traded away his number one weapon. I think the Packers are going to draft with fear, but also they know that it's lost Darius Smith. They need a guy to replace him. I think George Karloftis, who doesn't need to be a freak of nature, like edge rusher, he's more of a power guy. I think that works with the Green Bay system.
0: Yeah, I like that pick. So I have Green Bay. Like I said, I don't see them taking wide receiver. So I just feel like the best player on the board, and this might shock a few people, but I love Logan Hall and I feel mm-hmm. like he's definitely the best player left on the board right now. Um, he aside from Kaer Elam, who I really like, but he's, uh, he's a little bit uh, uh, I, I don't think they're gonna go corner having Jerry Alexander um, and, and they've already put uh, invested uh, <coughs> invested into their corner into their corner. So I feel like they go Logan Hall here um just to to beef up their defense and you know I don't think Aaron Rodgers is saying build around me anymore I feel like Aaron Rodgers is, I love his game like you said I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan it's not because I don't like his game I do feel like he's probably arguably the most talented quarterback in the league I just feel like he's way too cocky and I just feel like I, I don't see them throwing at, at receivers here or at offensive line they put in uh, they they invested in Trevor Penning a couple picks ago I see them going defense here
1: Okay I love it I love it I really do um My next pick is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs, everyone talks about how he's lost Tyreek Hill. I don't think they're going to go receiver at this 29th pick. I think they're going to try to outthink the room here. They they just couldn't get the edge guy they wanted or the cornerback they wanted. So, what do they do? They go get Sky Moore, the next pick. The pick before this, because we're going to go back-to-back here with them, they are going to take... Kid out of Minnesota, boy, Maffy They are going to take a guy who's ready to play defensive end now, instead of a guy like a Jobo who's going to be ready by the end of, by the end of the year. They need guys. Get, they just lost Melvin Ingram. He apparently he's going to Miami. That's a real thing. And they got their safety with Justin Reed, but they need help. They need edge rushers. They're going to go at Mafi. Also, it's a total like pick by the Chiefs who always pick the wrong edge rusher. That's like their shtick. They're almost as bad as the Saints with this. The Saints hit on Hendrickson and Jordan and think they're like miracle workers with edge rushers. They took that kid out of Houston last year who I just don't get. And the same thing with the Chiefs. I think they're going to take Moff- Mioffi here. I-, I like the kid. I just think have him as my fifth rated edge rusher or sixth. So, so I think the issue is like, no, he's my seventh actually behind Kasavsos. Yeah, seventh rating edge rusher. But I think the Chiefs are going to re- go get positioned there. They're not going to... We're not going to stretch here, and then after that, I of course we'll double up on these for because it's the same team. Yeah, I have the Chiefs taking uh, Sky Moore, who's the best available receiver. Oh. I think they they need they need shifty guys. They need shifty guys to replace Tyreek Hill. They have Juju. They have McCall Hartman. They need and they have Marquez valdez Gambling who's a absolute rocket, but they need another shifty guy who can improvise, and Sky Moore fits that bill.
0: Yeah, I like that. I actually really like Boye Mafe. Um, I would love to see him go in the first round. I would love an Ojabo fit here to the Kansas City Chiefs, but I'm not actually going that direction. I with the first pick, I agree with you. I think they go Sky Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, they it's not a good Scary in terms way, of value. I feel like it's a little bit early for Sky Moore. I just feel like they're so desperate at receiver, and a guy like Sky Moore just with his his unique talent and abilities, I feel like they probably want a guy like Sky Moore. And then with their second pick, I feel like they go Kay, Kay or Elam. They need a corner. Kairi Elam is great. He's long. He can match up with. He could cover a guy like Devontae Adams. He's one of the few corners in this draft. That I feel like could cover someone like Devontae Adams, and then maybe Cortland Sutton if he breaks out with Russell Wilson. So uh, maybe Mike on uh, Mike Williams with Justin Herbert if he could broke out like the way he broke out beginning of last season. I feel like Kairi Elam would be a great pick for the Chiefs. All right.
1: I have one more trade. Actually, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I thought about it. I'm like, this wouldn't work. I thought about it because I wrote it down like wait, they're in division, they wouldn't make a trade because I had the Ravens trading back, but I'd said they wouldn't make a trade with the Bengals, obviously.
0: No, I would love that. But
1: now I know you love that, but I have the, the Bengals taking Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Get more into Yeah. Just he's the best offensive lineman available right now. And they could just, you know, just keep protecting Joey B. They have no corners available, so that they're not they're not gonna take one now. They thought they would have Elam available this late, and he won't. So they're just going to take lineman here.
0: Nice. I think, actually, um, I, it's interesting because everyone's saying they need to take offensive line. But I feel like with the the resources that they invested in offensive line this offseason, just mm-hmm. adding so many free agents to their offensive line, I don't think that they go offensive line. I think the reason why they did that is to not pigeonhole themselves into needing to take an offensive line in this at the end of the first round, especially with the talent that's left. To me, Linderbom's gone, Kenyon Green's gone, Zana Johnson's gone. They're the big offensive linemen, they're, they're all the good ones are gone. So yeah. I feel like they go to Kobe Dean here, who's the okay. best player available. They they have a good defense, but they don't have any guys. They don't have any dominating presences on their defense. I love that, by the and way. there are a few that like could take over a game, could t- turn around the defense like in Kobe Dean could. And I, I love mm-hmm. Kobe Dean. I feel like he would be a great fit.
1: Oh yeah. Like this, I think it's gonna be this year where there's a lot of guys in the second round, like a lot of those guys who should be first rounders, but these teams didn't need them. Need wise, I think the Kobe Dean could be a mid first, round, mid second rounder again. He's one of those guys. I thought yeah, Philly gonna was gonna. His height. I thought Philly was gonna go after him, but once I went and got Kazir right, I was like, I guess they're passing. But um, at number thirty-two, last one, I have the Detroit Lions getting their franchise quarterback Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. Mr. Motor City himself loves him some Desmond Ritter. He is their, his guy. Like, holy smokes, it is just a great fit for them. I think it's a slam dunk for the Lions. They can get a guy who can maybe beat out J- uh, Jared Goff at training camp or sits a couple games behind them, or waits a year. But Desmond Ritter is a winner. He's versatile. He's mobile. He's got a good enough arm. He's great accuracy, great anticipation, can put the ball in a pinhole. He's not – he doesn't lack accuracy. He hits everything right. I think he's what everyone thinks Kenny Pickett is. I think he is the most – I think he is going to be the winningest quarterback out of this draft. Besides the guy who I have going mid-second round, that is Mr. Matt Corral, obviously. But
0: – um yeah, you're not gonna hear complaints here. I'm a huge Desmond
1: Ritter fan, but uh... Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral are my two most are, are 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 my two most like go. They're gonna win. Carson Strong is my wild card. Like if he goes to us a, a, a big play team, I think it's a huge huge thing for him. But yeah, so I have Desmond Ritter going to the Detroit Lions as the last pick of the first round. I think it's just a home run, home run pick. Other than that, my other thing is, like, for the second round, like, there's a lot of, a lot of great talent. That's the biggest thing for me. I think a lot of teams, um, need another, okay, and, like, I was saying, macro unfortunately, Yuke's computer crapped out, so, unfortunately, he cannot finish his pick, but he texted me his pick. Yuke took Matt Corral out of Ole Miss to the Detroit Lions. I love that almost more, but I took, that's what I want them to take. But I think that Desmond Ritter is like the, the love of Dan Campbell's life. I think he loves the fact that he's a winner in college. But ladies and gentlemen, that was our first mock draft of the year. Special shout out to you. Can follow me at Belly. No, I'm not sorry. you Follow me at Up Jared. You can follow me at, Uke, at Anna, Uke on NFL or Uke, at, Uke underscore NFL for all the best draft analysis. He's been running for Belly for a few months now. He's pumped out more draft stuff than you can count. We hope you guys have a great week. Uh, Corn booth live. Uh, Corn booth pregame. Sorry, is back on Thursday, obviously, and we'll have a fun time with that. We'll probably talk more on where Honey Badger's going to go. Because apparently there's another team besides Philadelphia in the running for him. There's a possibly a Melvin Ingram going somewhere. A couple free agencies trying to shoot them on Thursday. As well as we're going to have playoff basketball Raider rock and roll. Go Wolves. Uh, as they have their playing game tonight. But uh, hope you guys have a great week and we'll catch you all on the flip. Peace. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Podcast Network.